Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Bye. 
Presents TNT on BTR with your host, Chaotic Katie, the Dean of Wrestling Referees, Steve Kane, and Sadistic Sean David. Grab in wrestling fans and get ready because it's TNT and it's dynamite. You know what that means. Rampage Productions proudly presents Rampage Rants Thursday Night Turmoil live on the Evolution Radio Network and exclusively live on Blog Talk Radio. My name is Sadistic Sean David, and as always, I am joined here by my co-host. Introducing first. Ladies and gentlemen, my co-host hails from Las Vegas, Nevada, Sin City. He is a 2019 icon of the Illinois Valley. He is the Sultan of Slither. This is Sin. Thank you, thank you, thank you. How are all my sinners tonight? Wow, got and some plans. We got some shit list plans. We got some big WrestleMania to talk about. I mean... Awesome. We we have a lot to talk about tonight. I am going to play her intro and see if she calls in by the time that this ends. This <laughs> will sound familiar, but I promise you that our other co-host, Chaotic Katie, had this before, Rowdy Ronda Rousey. So listen to this one, Sin. Oh, man, there's no other way to go. He's on a funny bottom back and 
All right. Well, that was my mistake because her old theme song used to be uh, Bad Reputation by Joan Jett. Um, this was the <laughs> one that Steve gave her. <laughs> so um, hopefully, hopefully she is on her way soon. She did send me an audio clip. I'm on air. I can't listen to that right now. Oh, so WrestleMania. That was a thing. Yes. Um, she is, may not make it tonight. We're going to wait and see. Um, so tonight I have dubbed, just so everybody is aware, tonight we are dubbing. Uh, let me see where I put this line. Jesus, when this is all together, it looks jumbled like world alphabet soup. Um, this would be an honor of Steve Kane and Pat, Pattis, Pat, Pat Patterson. Say that 10 times fast. Um, tonight is entitled, We Are Going Banana. <laughs> so um, that's, that is a throwback um, to that. Um, I want to start things off tonight with some other things. We're going to get to, obviously, the, the big things on the plate. Uh, but I forgot to mention this last week, and this is, this is going to be turning into a big deal. I hope to have more details next week. Um, on what I have in the works for this event. Um, so you'll have to bear with me on that. I've got to clear a couple, cross a couple T's, dot a couple I's, but most of it is uh, ready to go. Um, many of you know that the relationship between Frank the Tank Nelson and Steve Kane goes way, way, way back. Um, with that being said, that means that um, when Frank, Nelson made the phone call to me to alert me that uh, he was getting ready to come back to the ring and, and there's going to be another event, possibly more events than the, just this one. It is Nelson Family Wrestling Sunday, April 24th, fundraising for the Marengo Community High School Skills USA. Um, that is going to be a 1 p.m. build time and it is located, uh, venue located at 1110 Franks Road, Marengo, Illinois. VIP $20, general admission 10 um, Steve Kane would have been a part of this event if he was still alive. I will be there. I don't know what I'm doing. I've had a lot of questions about this. I will be there. I do know that. Um, I think we have Tolly Bertoli. I, I hope I said that right. Joey Mayberry, Cody James. Looks like Tiny, Scott Spade, and, of course, the uh, legend himself, Frank the Tank Nelson, returns to the ring. Uh, again, Sunday, April 24th, 1 p.m. bell time. Doors open at noon. Um, this was for a great cause. going to be a great night of – a great day, evening of action for an even greater cause. Um, and we hope that you all come out and support it. Um, I'm going to be there. This, for anybody that doesn't know, um, April 20th will be my official 20th year in professional wrestling. So April 24th, if you want to come out and buy me a drink, if, if, if I don't know if the venue is going to serve booze. I'm going to assume not. That's probably a high school. But if you want to come out and, and uh, have a toast of celebration with me with some um, uh, sparkling grape juice, I would love that. 20 years, a long time. And many of you know I just turned 31. So this is, this is no bullshit. This is 20, 20 years, Ben can attest to this, 20 years of, of nonstop giving my body and my mind and my dedication to the sport of professional wrestling. And I am honored to be a part of this Nelson Family Wrestling event. It is sponsored by Amazing Auto Sales. Um, so, yes, please come out Sunday, April 24th, Nelson Family Wrestling, uh, 1 p.m. bell time. Be there in Marengo. Sin, you used to run on Sundays. What do you say about that? 
Um, it really depends on the situation. Uh, as a worker, uh, not from a promoter's standpoint, but from a worker's. Right. Um, I enjoy doing them because usually you at least were set up with some kind of accommodations to sleep, you know, so it wasn't horrible. You know, maybe you'd get a guest bedroom or maybe you'd get get a hotel. You never knew. Right. You know what I mean? But it always was pleasant. And there's something really nice about going in and doing one show and being with a group of guys and then all staying somewhere and then going to the next place and doing another show on a Sunday. I've right. always loved the experience. I did it mostly in Fire Pro Wrestling uh, out of Indiana, but still a suburb of Chicago. Um, very common for uh, uh, Steve Zokes uh, to run, you know, back-to-back nights like that. A lot of times, Saturday, Sundays, boom, boom. Very common. I uh, really enjoyed them there. Um, as a promoter, here's there's, there's upsides and downsides to this. The upside is a promoter in Chicago can promote a name like, uh, I don't know, who's hot on the indie circuit right now? Uh, uh, do, 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 let's, let, let's go with who Jim Cornette likes now. The Ass Boys. The Ass Boys, okay. or the, the big ones that are getting booked a lot, and I just saw a reference to this. Um, it looks like Enzo and Cass are getting their dream match against the Hardys in the very near future, so... Uh, be on the oh, lookout God. for that. Uh, I sure hope that's a lie. <laughs> um, being honest, I, I'm just saying, you know, in Dream World, we all booked FTR in a tag match, but um, <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? That's right. just not going to be happening. Let's be real. You, you, you know, there's a process to the whole situation, and really, that that saves you on flight in the long run. Which is cool, but you got to be careful about the payday out because they're usually going to give you a discount. The Sunday show should really make sure they get most of that discount because Correct. really they're probably not going to draw as much as a Saturday show. So or I mean, Friday night, upside, right? Yeah, or Friday night. So I mean, there if you're the last guy to bring them in, even if say I'm by St. Louis somewhere. And he wrestled in Chicago last, and that's pretty good distance. Or even same in Peoria, which is still pretty far from Chicago. Correct. Well, the draw is going to be lessened, I think, and less of an impact in general if you bring in a name like that. Right. Um, and Sundays, you know, we've seen them work. We've seen them fail. Um, join us for Melson Family Wrestling. I will be there. You never know. Sin might show up. I mean, you you just never know what'll happen in the crazy world of you professional know, wrestling. I you know I would I think I'm going to try to make that show. I'm going to do, do my best to get that night off. So that is a 1 p.m. bell time. Melton Family Wrestling Sunday, April 24th, Marengo, Illinois. I'm going to play this for our uh, uh, co-host because he's never heard this, um, and then we're going to go into our Ring of Honor, or as I called it, the Elite Ring of Honor Supercard of Honor Eliteness pay-per-view review. Wait, wait, wait. They had a ninja. That's not elite. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. We, 
we will be right back. We'll go into our Ring of Honor pay-per-view review. I watch the show on a Wednesday. Trying to find a match to appease my mind. But all they've got are cosplay guys and clowns. And nothing good to find. They love to flip and fly, everybody hitting the same dive. In every single match It's clear that they don't care to ask what other guys are doing out there They only need to get their own shit in And so this is why I can't watch them in the ring Nothing matters Cause nobody sells a thing I don't know If I'll turn it on next week Why do people laugh at wrestling? This is why Oh, this is why All their guys are from indie places They got no heels or baby faces So you don't know who to cheer for I almost turned off the TV But here comes Cargill, now I've got to see So I sit back down, grab a beer And feel sorry for Cody Cause he's got to try to be more like the dream and also carry indie guys that no one's seen all the while. He's got that neck tattoo, and if no one respects him, that is why. Oh, it's why. Why do people laugh at wrestling? This is why. Next morning when I look online, fucking Mark thinks this shit's fine. This isn't the wrestling we fell in love with long ago. We wanted something new, but 
Some of this shit still applies. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, hats <laughs> off. Uh, that's the first time I've heard that song. Um, right away. Uh, <laughs> you, you know what song they're, 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 you know, they're ripping off. It's pretty obvious. <laughs> and, uh, it, it, that gives you a chance to not focus so much on the music and just listen to what they're saying. Right. Which is just... Fucking hilarious. <laughs> uh, there's my first step up. Okay. It, that's just what it was. Uh, right. I, I mean, okay. Uh, to put perspective on it to anybody out there listening. Anybody gives a crap what old Sydney boy here says. Right. Um, I really only started watching AEW on a consistent basis for about the last month. I, I have a lot of problems with them. Hopefully we can get to that on this show. Hopefully, you yes. know, too long some other segments, right? But there's some stuff that bothers me. But I do think there's some stuff they do good too. So, right. Um, all right. Ring of Honor, Supercard of Honor, the first Ring of Honor pay per view held under the uh, guidance of Tony Khan. We had Colt Cabana against Blake Christian in eight minutes and five seconds. Um, I like Colt still, but you know. Um, 2003, that was 2004, that was cool. It's it's just, it's not the same. Um, I'm just going to call it spade a spade on that one. It's just not the same. Yeah. You know, how, how, do, you, how do I put this nicely? Um, Colt's been put in a situation in wrestling where a guy gets, he just gets to the point where he's like, hey, you know, I had to watch out for myself for myself. Right. You know what I mean? And, right. And, you know, that's why Colt takes bookies like this. And that's why, you know, he continues to work, even though he's, he's getting up there in the age range. Correct. You know, that he can – Colt has managed to stylize his style down enough over the years that he can stick to the basics and still tell a good story in the ring. And do what he needs to do. You know, I'll give him, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he can still do that. 
Yeah, and that's that's why I give him mad credit. Now, outside the ring, I don't think he's the most likable guy. But probably I mean, not. Yeah, yeah, not 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 to me. Yeah, you know my interactions, but you know, I mean that becomes. Uh oh. I got to actually wrestle and work with the guy. Oh my god, right. I have a blast. You know right. what I mean? I'm sure him and I would have a great old time. But you know, um, as just being another worker, being around him, a little abrasive, but. You know, you, you know, you have to look at the guys he did come into the business with. A lot of them did well. So. Yeah. Um, and then we had AQA, because um, I'm not going to try to pronounce what that actually is, against Miranda Elise, um in 8 minutes and 15 seconds for your second match. Um, I'm going to assume this was pre-show because there's little indicators here. Yes. Then the Gates of Agony, which I, w- I do want to elaborate on this. This is Tully Blanchard's new um, tag team that he's managing. Hey, Tony Khan, if you needed a tag team for your pay-per-view and really wanted to make a big impact with uh, the first Ring of Honor pay-per-view, why the hell have they not tried to book um, Authors of Pain? No. That would have uh, been fucking great. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a good reason. And to be honest, I cannot think of one. I mean, which is just uh, really funny. Uh, uh, I never thought was, of that play out. I'd never thought of it playing out that way. That that would be cool. Um, Gates of Agony was Jasper Khan and uh, Toa Liana with Tully Blanchard against the Shin Boy Shadow Squad, which is Cheeseburger. <coughs> yes, there's still a wrestler named Cheeseburger and Eli oh, okay. Awesome. Uh, that was a two-minute match. Look, if you were going to have these guys job out, those guys in two minutes, this should have gone to Authors of Pain. You could have called them Gates of Agony. It, it, that would have been better for me. Um, I have not seen a lot of this team. I'm not saying they suck, but, yeah, I, I think somebody obviously, needs to book Authors of Pain. Obviously, there are no plans for them currently in the future for, right. for them to get two minutes. Um uh, you know, when you don't have plans for somebody, you just kind of throw them on a pay-per-view to get somebody else to shine. I feel it's a wasted moment. I feel yes. it's something you can put on television or on uh, maybe, you know, yeah, if you don't have a good TV deal, you put out as a YouTuber or Facebook or whatever. You know what I mean? However you get your product out there. Um, right. You save it for that kind of stuff. But when your big shows come, your money shows, where you're going to pack people in, I just don't know. There's questionable booking. Like, yeah. uh, what is it? Red Ninja was on the card, I believe. Uh, we'll, get to, we'll get to that. So your next match was <laughs> Dalton Castle against Joe Hendry. Um, I like Dalton Castle. I don't know that he's lived up to all the hype that everybody's tried to push on him, but he's a damn good worker. We'll give him that. Yeah, yeah fine. No problems here. Um, Swerve Strickland against Alex Zane. Um, this was a good match. It, it should have been. These guys are, you know, um, both from NXT at one point and 205 Live. So um, my next my next one is the one that I have a problem with. We've got Brian Cage with Tully Blanchard. When Brian Cage came to All Elite Wrestling, he had a shirt that said, uh, G-M-S-I, which stood for Get My Shit In. Um, people like that don't deserve to be booked. I'm sorry. If that's your attitude, no. Um, but it was Brian Cage against 
Was it Nick, was it a joke towards somebody else, or him literally saying, "Hey, I better get my shit in." Him literally saying, in. "Getting my shit in." Yeah. Um, uh, this was another. Uh, I got a point here, though. Uh, uh, did they maybe tell him to do that just to piss off fans? Is that possible? Um, it, everything's a possibility. But when I heard that and Cornette heard that, we were like, "Well, this guy." The balls on this guy, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I could just see how that'd be an effective work if they really wanted to get the guy heat. You know? That's a good point. So, I mean, that's just my take on it. Um, uh, he took on Ninja Mac, and <laughs> it was two minutes and 50 seconds. Is that the guy I'm thinking of, Ninja Mac? I think uh, so, yes. The guy that looks like they just like fucking bounce the dude back and they're like, here, fit into this gear. Oh, you fit right. into this gear? Okay, go out there and get beat up for two minutes. You know? It's like, how many, how many minutes did that match go? <laughs> I mean, come on. This is what I'm seeing as a problem already with this Ring of Honor pay-per-view under uh, Tony Khan's leadership, and I'm just we're gonna we're gonna spill this all right now, and uh, I'm sure Sin will have some varying points, but my point's gonna be pretty valid here. You are taking Colt Cabana, which used to be on AEW Dark, um, AEW Dark Elevation, whatever the hell it's called. We've got Swerve Strickland, he just came to AEW. We've got Brian Cage, who you're basically saying is an AEW reject at this point because he's not been featured on their TV for a while. Um, you've got Bailey. Wait, whoa, 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 one second. Isn't Cage problems behind the scenes, though? Oh, well, he have and, heat behind the stage? I'm not sure. Let me let me finish this. Um, you've okay, got Jay Lethal, Jay Lethal defeated Lee Moriarty. Lethal they just brought into AEW. Um, you, this About was the match that I said. This was the match that I said was backwards because it was against Lee Moriarty with Matt Seidel. Why the hell, if this was a Ring of Honor pay-per-view and the relaunch of the company, would you have not done Jay Lethal versus Matt Seidel? Yeah, and not to mention, it, it, you know, Seidel has no problem laying down, I'm sure. And that is a much bigger boost to somebody, you know, of uh, to, to win against somebody of his caliber. You know what right. I mean? It's a bigger, it's a bigger bump. And that's what you want for Jay Lethal. That's the whole point of putting him on pay-per-view, getting him over. Um, he's going to put on an overall better match for the night. Correct. So, yeah, um, I don't. I agree with you. Mercedes Martinez defeated Willow Knight Taggle, or however the hell that's pronounced. Nine ting, uh, yeah, that's a mouthful. Do you mean Nightingale? But, yeah. Yes, Willow right, Nightingale. Right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Yes. No problem. Uh, that was always always living that to was, educate the youth. That was one by submission, which um, okay, I like that. I have always said when when Steve Kane and I were booking together, I said, look, there's a couple things that I need on my cards. I need one match to end in submission. Don't care. It it has to happen. Matches can end in pinfall. The reserve rule was either one time limit draw, one double disqualification, one disqualification, or one match thrown out however you need to do it, or a one-time limit draw, but only one on a card of seven matches. Any more than that. you got to be seriously, you got to seriously be careful on the run-ins because I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of bookers growing up over the next, I don't know, five, ten years who have absorbed 
this uh, way of doing things. You, right. you know what I mean? That, that these very bad habits that they're learning from WWE and even to a point AEW now making some Correct. mistakes that we were talking about with Ring of Honor. You, you, you know, uh, I hope that doesn't affect the way the indie, the whole indie scene works in the long run. I mean, we've we've got way too many guys that weigh two fifty plus, you know, doing doing suicide planches and you know just stuff these guys should not be doing for their size. You know, um, there was a guy that WrestleMania, I, but but on like house shows and on other stuff, guys, come on. Right. I do want to take a moment to tell a brief story. Um, it was my dealings in a man, uh, with a man that you had that used to play Rod Deal down at your shop and he used to play down at Freeman's um, when I was building my um, Rod Deal deck, my actual first Rod Deal deck. I had Hulk Hogan and he goes, you're going to have Hulk Hogan do a 450 splash. Or a moonsault. <laughs> How the hell is that going to work for you, kid? I think, well, he's like, this is a game, but there's still rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's there's a bit of reality in there. Um, um, so, hell, hell. If you want to get Jay Lethal over, you know, you, you don't think that I I don't know Colt Cabana probably could have made Jay Lethal look pretty good. We're gonna pick right. two guys just randomly off the card that probably <laughs> had a really good match. Eh, you um, know, just saying. Mercedes Martinez is your new Ring of Honor World Women Women's World Champion. They rechanged the wording to that. This is a match that everybody wanted to see next, and it should have been the main event um, because you couldn't follow this. But we're they're gonna we're gonna go over everything that they tried to follow this with. You the, your technical main event from Senai's standpoint, FTR Dax Harwood Cash Wheeler versus the Briscoe Brothers Jay and Mark for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. This was an outstanding. Disappointed by one thing. By one thing. Tony Khan should did whatever he could have to have Jim Clint be in FTR's corner. That would have made it for me. I would have been in heaven. That would have been been great except for the afterbirth after the match, which was the run-in of the Young Bucks. Yeah. Yeah, we all know how that would go if you had Jim Clint and Young Bucks in the same ring. Good God. Uh, this, story. this this <laughs> match was great. It was about a half an hour contest. Great tag team match. Trying to follow it up with the, the following two matches was not a good idea or even your world championship match. Monaro Suzuki defeated Rhett Titus for the Ring of Honor World Television Championship. Monaro Suzuki was the guy that they brought in to face Moxley from Japan that looked like mm-hmm. older than death. And look, the guy can work. I'm not saying that, but think of what you're doing to your television audience. Well, well, okay, here's the thing. Dude can work like Japanese hard style work. Yes. Yes. Uh, um, that's not to say he's not safe, but you only can work that way so long taking bumps. And he can still give guys those bumps, but I don't see him taking a lot of those. I'd be surprised. You know what I mean? Um, and he'll be fine because guys do it all the time in Japan. You know, you you put you put the young guy over, you do do a couple big bumps for him, but you keep it pretty basic other than that. And you get your like you said, get your shit in. You know what I mean? 
but you know, in the end, you usually let let the the new up and comer go over, you know. But come practice. Um, and then your next match was for the pure championship. Wheeler Yuta defeated Josh Woods. Um, that was okay. I like Wheeler Yuta, but you're, you, the thing that I'm seeing here is you're transitioning AEW talent right into Ring of Honor. So like, yeah, it's 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 really feeling that way, isn't it? Um, and then your actual main event, Jonathan Grisham defeated Bandito with Chavo Guerrero Jr. Funny, two managers from AEW all of a sudden show up in Ring of Honor. Chavo, Tully. Well. And here, what here's another part about Tully being on the show. I love Tully Blanchard. Um, I think uh, who did I hear say this? Okay, I think it was Cornette said this. Said he loves Tully, but sometimes you just gotta know when to get away from the business when your time's up. I'm not gonna go so far as to say that about Tully, but damn, dude, you carried half the show. Look at the cards. Look right. at how many times he's at ringside. That guy should be getting paid more than anybody else in that company right now. He's doing everything but setting up the damn ring for the company. Right. You know, everybody's in it. So, I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm, I don't know if I'm a big fan of that situation. But, yeah, all elite wrestling, you know, in my opinion, is very, uh, like, all group-oriented. There's too many right. factions. So I I don't feel good about that situation anyway in their booking. Correct. So. I mean it's uh it's it's what it is, but um we are gonna take a brief uh one minute commercial uh because well this is what you need need to do if you're in the world of wrestling from both ends, if you're taking bookings or you're the promoter. And we'll be back with our NXT stand and deliver review right after this. <laughs> Professional wrestling, entertaining action that attracts a crowd and provides excitement at a fair or festival. The right promotion will have professionally trained talent with professional grade ring gear and equipment. Fairgoers will want to see more of them and attend ticket events in the area. Bringing the wrong promotion, not betting their credentials, you could end up with an embarrassing disaster. The talent may have no ring gear, little or no professional training, aren't family friendly, and perform so poorly, you'll wish they'd return to the backyard they came from. Burned organizers won't chance bringing in pro wrestling ever again, shutting out legitimate promoters. And the fairgoers, if they want to see wrestling, will only go to WWE events. If you want live professional wrestling at your fair or festival, don't get burned. Check their credentials before you book. A public service announcement from the nosebleed seats. That is actually going to be a public service announcement from the St. Louis wrestling community. Man, some of these are old and... We need to work on getting those re-updated. But, yes, check their credentials before you book, folks. Um, very I, I, really think, to... I really think you should have me talk on all of them. I can improve <laughs> them all. Uh, NXT... it's, it's, I don't know. It's, I just have that ability. Uh, <laughs> NXT Stand and Deliver, we had Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai against Toxic yeah. Attraction which was Gigi Dillon and JC Jane for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. Um, Raquel Gonzalez. Yes. Gonzalez and Kai over. Um, Cameron Grimes defeated Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams. 
Santos Escobar with Jacqueline Wild, Raul Mendoza, and Electra Lopez. Jesus, how many people do we need out to the ring with one guy? Um, Solo is coming back. Everybody's coming down to the ring now. Solo Sokoa and Grayson Waller with Senga in a fatal five-way ladder match for the NXT North American Championship. This is the ladder match we wanted to see on Mania that they gave us on NXT. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Although, their use, okay, in general, WWE's use of tables and ladders and chairs and all that stuff, in my opinion, has been very good. A lot of times they do original holds or stumps or lock. They'll slam the chair until they're thrown into a ring post. You know, they're inventive about it. Um, uh, one of my big problems with AEW, AEW doesn't do that. Every week it's just, bam, five guys are going through a table. And you just can't do that, man. It, it hurts your product. Yes, we will be doing our AEW review here very shortly, and we've got a lot of talk about with that one. Um, so that was a good fatal five-way. Then you had Tony D'Angelo with AJ Galante. Um, God, I, I know I fumbled that. Against Tommaso <laughs> Ciampa. Um, why is Ciampa on the third match? Why is he not? What, what is going on with this? Is he on his way out the door? That's the rumor. Um, that's not good. That's like the only thing, good thing left, and I'm not trying to diss anybody, but that's one of the good things left you have with this NXT now. And well, you, you, it, you did hear the rumors, right? Uh, go the ahead. Edge Bring group. it to us. Okay, um, the Edge group is slightly styled after the brew. A, with the fire, but instead of red lighting, blue lighting. But Edge wanted to do a brutish kind of thing again. So word is there's going to be a third man. And there's been a lot of speculation. And one of the names that has come up that's a more known name, because the other guys, you know, not so much known, was what about if we have Kamasa Ciampa come out with him? I think maybe that would be a cool look. I don't don't know. You'd have to change Ciampa's look to fit that. But I don't know. What, What do you think, Sean? Um, I think it could work. I mean, I, I definitely see that. Um, I, I think that's the best thing they can do with Ciampa at this point. If you can't find something other than that for Ciampa that's better, leave it with that and don't kill the guy's career. But he also stated, Ciampa did, that he never wanted to leave NXT. Yeah. But I'll, I'll so. tell you what, you give me the, if, if you go, uh, hey, yeah, you're going to be working with Edge and our current U.S. champion has held the belt for like over a year. Do you want to be part of a stable with them? What do you think Ciampa would say? Yeah, and Ciampa's not, not going to be an idiot. He's going to be like, uh, yeah, it sounds good. How, right. how do you want me to work this? <laughs> you know? Right. All right. Then it was MSK and the newly fired Nash Carter with Wesley um, against Imperium. Fabian, well, you know who they are, Imperium. And the Creed Brothers with Malcolm Bivens, that's the name, and Ivy Nile. Why do we need two managers? One. One and done. Okay, one man needed two managers. <laughs> one man. Yokozuna. Yeah, because you couldn't understand Jim Mr. Cornette Fuji. And Mr. Fuji. He had to have two. 
So, but nobody else. I, I don't. I haven't seen another wrestler since two managers. Um, right. You had your NXT Women's Championship. Mandy Rose defeated Cora Jade, Kaylee Ray, and Io Shirai. Um, oh, good I, stuff. Then you had Gunther, the former Walter or Walter, mm-hmm. against LA Knight. That was a good match. Of course, two great workers. Um, Dolph Ziggler with Robert Roode against Braun Breaker. Why is Robert Roode not a part of this program? Is he injured? I don't know. Um, you, you, this is just my speculation. My speculation is Sean's been doing the booking in new version of NXT. And I thought maybe he just thought bringing Dolph down and winning the title would add some legitimacy. And it wouldn't be right. something even Hunter didn't do. Hunter did right. the same thing with Charlotte Flair. By having right. Flair winning the Rumble and being like, no, I want the NXT title. You know, I want to face Ray Ripley, which gave Ray Ripley a lot of shine. And, you know, the title a lot of shine when Charlotte won it again. Yeah, right. You know, so that yeah, was a cool moment. So I could see I could see it being a similar kind of situation. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, and then your main event uh, was Dolph Ziggler against Braun Breaker. Um, too early to pull the trigger on Braun Breaker being the new NXT champion. Would have been great to be able to do it um, then with the um, you know his dad and uh, uncle going into the Hall of Fame. But a little too early on that one. He needs a little bit more time. Yeah. Um, probably fine for NXT television, honestly, because he's still going to be doing a lot of working and working with a lot of trainers in NXT and learning right. how to set up a championship match and how to be a good champion. I mean, right. these are all psychological things you've got to understand in the business. And he's going to have good people talking to him there. So I think he's going to be fine. I think winning the title maybe isn't too early for him. You know, this is going to be a stress test. They're going to see, you know, how far they can push this guy. And, you know, they've done things. It isn't like this is unprecedented. Rocky was pretty bad his first year. Uh, when they re- reframed him as the Rock and he got to be more himself, he got over naturally on his own. So you, you, you just don't know. You know, you got to give that guy the shot. And I, I I think he's a good enough worker that he can get over. I, I think he'll be all right. And I think NXT, as flawed as they are now, can protect him, hopefully, and cover his flaws. But as he gets worked on, you know, and becomes ready for main roster. Because, I mean, isn't that what it's all – I mean, that's what it's really about for a guy of his caliber. Guy, Absolutely. Guy of his, yeah, a guy of his caliber is not going, boy, one day I hope I'm an NXT champion. Now, a guy of his caliber and his background is going, okay, uh, intercontinental, heavyweights, U.S., tag, something in there. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, Absolutely. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think he's uh, – I, I think maybe he's ready for this responsibility, and we're going to find out in general. I mean, we're going to find out if he is or isn't. So, I mean, going forward, I, I think it's not a right move because if this guy can get pushed just right and they just they hit that Steiner nerve 
maybe tap into that, like kind of how Taz does with his son, Hook. You, you know, that, that has potential. Absolutely. And the last thing we're going to touch on here in hour one is obviously the Hall of Fame. This is the weakest Hall of Fame in number of people that they have done in quite some time. Um, I'm not saying that star power is weak. You hear me what I'm saying. Number-wise, it was weak. You had three individuals, you had one group, and then the Warrior Award. It was weak um, in that mm-hmm. perspective from my standpoint. Uh, the Warrior Award couldn't have gone to a more deserving pers- uh, 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 individual. Yeah, I feel good uh, about that. Um, we did have JTG on this program way back in the day. Um, great guy. Chad, Shad was even, I mean, if you go back and read that heroic story, he deserved this award more than anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, Steiner Brothers are your group. I agree with this. However, I have always thought that the Hall of Fame should have an ind- a distinction between tag teams and groups. There are only two Steiner Brothers. This in my mind, you should have had a tag them as the tag team and still been able to find another group. Um, but that's just me. I don't know. I don't know. Well, oh, well, let's look at it this way. Dudley boys went in the Hall of Fame, and uh, Spike worked in WWE. He didn't. And he didn't go in. That's true. Yeah. They, they they are picky and choosy. We know that. Um, then your uh, individuals, Queen Charmel. Um, they did this as a feel good for Booker T. They couldn't find another woman that would actually accept the uh, induction at this time. Um, Uh, Not sure what that's about. I'm all right with that. I'm I'm all right with that. Does she belong in the Hall of Fame? Probably not. Did Did she play good character for a good number of years? Not just in her company, but also in, you know, uh, TNA for a while. Yeah. She was pretty entertaining. You know, I, you know, I don't know if she 100% deserves it, but it was all good. You know, she handled it well. Um, this was my second to favorite. Obviously, the headliner of this is my ultimate favorite. But I said years ago that the next man deserved to go into the Hall of Fame. I met him on my birthday in 2013. Uh, let me do some quick math here. Come here, calculator. Uh, eh, if I can put the numbers in right. So that would have been like my 23rd birthday, my golden birthday. I got to meet Vader. And he wrestled over in uh, Walcott, Iowa for Scott County Wrestling. It was one of their big events. Uh, I believe it was a six-man their six-man tag that he was in. But to see Vader, first of all, that had always been a dream of mine. And a lot of promoters will tell you that we're booking in the early 2000s. You couldn't get your hands on Vader. Here's why. He was still in Japan. Yeah. Making making bucks in Japan, yeah. Um, that's why it's very, very expensive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, when you're selling out the Tokyo Dome in Japan, you know, there's plenty of money to go around, even if Vader was still being a betting. He was still right. a big enough draw. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I mean, I mean, like, who was Cody Rhodes when he left WWE, but when he came back at WrestleMania, holy you know, crap blows the roof off. So, you know, it all depends who you are at what time. That's right. What it down to, so. Right. Um, meeting Vader was an honor. Getting to see him work was an honor. I paid $10 for an autographed picture and a picture with a man. It was the best deal I've ever gotten in needing a name other than the times that it was free. Um, but yeah, this was right? deserving. 
This was deserving. You know, Vader, I, thought, I agree. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, I really agree. Uh, um, I'm trying to think if I've ever worked show Vader was on. I don't know if I have. Probably because of, like you said, it's, it's exclusivity in Japan. But, uh, man, like, I, guys would respect him. I mean, I remember a lot of indie guys coming through. When you talk about Vader, you respect him. And well, it's a shame and- that Shawn Michaels killed his career in the WWE. Yes. But at least he goes in the Hall of Fame. Um, and that was very sad, but it, look, there were some other problems with Vader. When Vader came in, the whole reason that they had him injure Gorilla Monsoon uh, so they could write him out of storyline for a while is because when they hired Vader, Vader had an injury. Um, yeah, well, that that did not bow him well. Obviously, the problems with Shawn Michaels did not bow him well. And no, um, one title so shot. I think I think I think one of the comments that uh, Bruce Pritchard had made was they didn't feel that they had gotten the Vader that that uh, of WCW. Well, there was a quick way to fix that: let the guy do his shit. Yeah, um, yeah. Don't don't have Shawn Michaels. I love Shawn by by the way to death. By my maybe my favorite wrestler of all time. I don't know. Quite possibly, but God damn it! Don't let your champ be a pussy and be like, "Oh, he's laying it in too hard. You need to, you know, knock him down the ladder so us top guys don't have to face him and get beat up." I mean, Vader ran through Japan and WCW because he just made his stuff look good. And if he got there and there was, you know, he was gonna pop you around a little bit. Then when you met him outside the ring, he was a sweetheart. What more oh, he was. you want out of a guy? You know? And, and and look, you know, that was one guy you didn't want to piss off. The, the stories of him and Harley Race or the matches with him and Cactus Jack or uh, him and Sam yeah. Hansen. I mean, my God. Yeah, yeah, anybody that ever got in the ring with Stan Hansen has my respect. <laughs> I mean, when you know you're taking that clothesline, that guy... Uh-oh, did we lose fan? There we go. Connection oh, issue? Uh, hello? Uh, there we go. Can you hear me? Yep. Hello, hello. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, you know, when, uh, when, when you, jeez, uh, I got all tripped up now. because You're talking about Stan like, Hansen. Yeah, Stan Hansen. Uh, you know when you're getting in the ring with a guy that really can't see very well, and the end of the match is he's just going to like swing his whole arm at your head and you're willing to take it. My hat's off to you guys. Anybody who took a Stan Hansen lariat, I give you a, a, a five-star round of applause because damn. <laughs> yes. Um, so deserving. Yes. And then obviously the one that uh, we all waited for, um, look, they put this thing on at midnight. I think that was a mistake. You, you were expecting a lot of people, uh, a lot from people in a weekend where you're giving them crap tons of wrestling content. Um, but deserving nonetheless, mean Mark Calloway or mean Mark Callis. Um, boy, that was the name. You know who came up with that one? Funker. He, really? he worked. Yes. He wrestles so goddamn hard. He, it's like he's callous. And I can't do a funker voice, but I've talked with uh, Fairy, but yeah, I mean, 
Um, and then obviously this is the one that WCW fumbled from the very beginning, um, which led to the later fumble of, you know, um, Stone Cold Steve Austin, but the undertaker, uh, went into the WWE hall of fame. Um, he's saying never say never. I don't know. I do want to see it. Everybody wants to see it. Cause the match with Goldberg, that was shit. I'm going to say never. I'm happy. The guy's given everything, nothing more to prove. Do we want him to end up like Triple H? I mean, come on, man. No, we do not, but, um, you know, um, and that's an unfortunate event, too, the retirement of Triple H. Um, So this was your Hall of Fame. With that, we are going to go ahead and cue this up. This is our official song break. We will be back in about three minutes, 30 seconds. Don't go anywhere. You are listening to Rampage Rants, Thursday Night Turmoil, live on the Evolution Radio Network, exclusively live on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back.
this Saturday night at the Northeast Philly International Guard Armory. Craptastic Wrestling presents a non-star-studded car of unexplainable matches featuring the Mid-Afternoon Express versus Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy in a Falls Count Nowhere match. Jerry Idol versus Austin Waller in a fully empty arena match. Our main event, Arnold Ziffel Jr. versus Oliver Wendell Douglas IV in a Fans Bring the Steel Cage parts match. Admission is just $1 because that's all this crap is worth. That's Craptastic Wrestling this Saturday. Doors open at 6 p.m. Matches start whenever we feel like it. Be there! All right, and we are back, and that song was Evolution by the band Monster Truck, and that was Craptastic Wrestling, the ad that we returned from by our own Dean of Wrestling, Steve Kane. Uh, Sin, what did you think of uh, Steve's spoof ad there? Oh, I always love Steve's spoof ads. <laughs> I mean, uh, being, not only being a former indie worker for decades, uh, um, just being a owner of the company, there's so much of this crap that goes behind the scenes that you, you just wouldn't believe it. It's like so ghetto, some of the stuff that right. goes down. So yeah. like, when you hear stuff like that, you're like, oh my God. I know a company <laughs> that was about that ghetto and I right. We've all showed up for a company and been like, oh, this isn't what I expected. No, you know, but you 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 take your book and you do your thing, but you know, it's yeah. Sometimes that's what you feel like. You're like, wait, why are we on a local pig farm market? What the fuck is going on? (laughs) I will tell you a story off air of the one show I did for Big Daddy outside of Kiwani and in the middle of a cornfield somewhere. Boy, that was an interesting (laughs) night. All right, we do have some breaking news that I want to get to as the network head here, and then we're going to continue this podcast along. All right, as I announced, uh, it's not been officially announced, wanted to do it first right here. On Thursday night, May 19th, the Open Invitational Promoters Roundtable returns to Wrestling Authority Radio. This will be our return of Wrestling Authority Radio. This is open to legitimate promoters from all over the globe. Um, You can contact me or Sin or even Katie to reserve your spot today. They will fill up fast. We only take a certain number. Um, I've got to do that because I don't like people talking on top of each other. What I will say about past uh, Promoters Roundtables is this. This has been one of the biggest learning experiences for me as a promoter, as a booker, as a worker. The knowledge that has been shared in some of these roundtable discussions has been mesmerizing, and I'm very grateful for it. We have, we have done some of these with some of the biggest promoters from all over the globe. Um, that invitation is open to anyone that is running a legitimate promotion all over the globe. I'm not going to turn uh, – the, the very few people would I turn away at this point. Um, we are open to discussions with anyone. 
However, I will warn you that if this is going to be a accepted invitation that turns into you trying to slander me or my other co-hosts, no, we won't put up with that. It won't go. Just a fair warning. So that'll be Thursday night, May 19th. The Open Invitational Promoters Roundtable returns to Wrestling Authority Radio live right here on the Evolution Radio Network. Send I'm your calling out to Joey Grunge. I'm calling out <laughs> Joey Grunge. Please, please call. Be on part of the roundtable. We can teach you so much. <laughs> we really can. You can learn so much. Um, okay, all uh, the- that's all I need to say about that. Yes. Uh, well, you know what? We're we're gonna save WrestleMania for that because that is our gravy. Um, oh, we are gonna lim- the good stuff. We are gonna go ahead and go into our shit list. Um, and we've got a new format that we're gonna be doing with this. Typically, when we have three hosts, this will be now limited to um, seven minutes apiece. We might do ten minutes apiece tonight. Um, but the, ladies and gentlemen, this has become a regular part of this program. It started with me many years ago when I had to get some personal shit off my chest. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our shit list for We Are Going Banana here tonight on Rampage Rants Thursday Night Turmoil. Chip, you know what? You just made the list. Oh, no. So I am going to let you go ahead and go first. Uh, I had sent you a message that I want you to look over when you get some chance on the old Facebook. And without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, this is Finn's shit list. Okay. Uh, Finn's shit list, which is a pretty short one. Uh, uh, Can we uh, rehash them? I believe there was uh, Joy Grunge. Yes. Uh, Who did we talk about last week? Egotistico, Fantastico, a.k.a. Ego. Robert, ego. Robert Anthony. Yeah. yeah, Ego. And this one is more of a nuisance. I almost hate things on my shit list because he's so beneath what I, like, what I consider the hierarchy of wrestling. He's so insignificant that I feel like he's just like, you know, like a bug I stepped on. You know, like, like, right. it's just an annoyance. Like that fly. It just won't yes. go away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, um, this guy's name is Joe Eastman. Now, we have a lot of mutual friends, believe it or not. Um, 
you know, because uh, let's face that time, there was a period where Wicked was just really had some really good Chicago-born talent uh, running in the area. We really booked a lot of Chicago guys. And, uh, you know, so you get to know people, you know, in the area. Um, Eastman would always criticize our shows and never go to them. No, for, for years I didn't know why. And then later I found out, oh, okay, he used to work for RCW. And we, you know, put RCW out of business. Correct. Wasn't on purpose. Wasn't on purpose. They, they just couldn't support two wrestling companies in the area. I know we started later, but, I mean, we had plans. Honestly, I was going to ask Kurt to be a part of it before RCW started. And then that that already had become a thing, so you know it was just bad timing. Correct. Um, yeah, yeah, and I did get to work with Razzle later, and man, to this day I'd love to work with Razzle. Guy's a great promoter. Um, but I mean, when when, when all is said and done, I, I, oh man, I mean, I'm sorry, I could talk for an hour here. This guy. Oh no, take the, take the time life. you want. We'll take. We'll, this we'll guy's take, always uh, been a thorn in my side. Like, like he would make shitty comments about my company. I think one time when we worked with Cameron Cage, we'll save him for next week. Uh, he ended up at a show, and as a fan, he's getting back and sticking his nose in business. Where I'm trying to get a fellow wrestler to the hospital, he's getting in the way, trying to diagnose him. Like he know like did he go to medical? Well, you know he's 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 from Boston. Yeah, that that means. That's why. And look, I'm a gay man, but I'm gonna say I'm a gay man, and I'm gonna say this. That's why it always sounded like he had a cock in his mouth or a (laughs) jockstrap. Okay, what all all I'm saying is, I was always like, how this this this? I don't even want to get called a shit stain. I feel that's too much credit. You know, it's, it's easier to wipe off than that. That that annoying fly you gotta swat away. Mosquito, even better, just flatten it's dead. That annoying mosquito just went always just no matter what caught him his way to give me hell. And I never knew why and, until later when I found out it's because it was associated with RCW and we put him out of business. So I ended up working a show. Now, I don't know who did the booking on this show because, I mean, on Chicago boards at the time, it was very clear that Joey Neesman and, and I did not get along. You know what I mean? We just, we didn't view things the same in wrestling. And, well, for some reason, I decided it would be cool to book a lot of guys that we're both friends with and put us both on the same cards. And they had like some creative input on it, I think, to a degree, if I recall. And uh, I'm like, what the hell? Like, the first thing he ever said to me live as a person, uh, after like giving me so much shit on the internet, I had laid a chair shot on somebody in the opener. So I believe it was Machine and I would go over as a tag team in the opening match. And, uh, Oh, I did the chair shot and got out of the ring and did my spiel. And uh, he came to the back just to be like, hey, nice chair shot, you know, and 
being all nice to me. And I just, I was like, what the fuck? So, you know, I let it go. Later that night, this is a family event. They have two females wrestling in a mug wrestling match. One of them loses her top, no pasties, no nothing, bare boob. And uh, I'm not going to call out names because I don't want to put other workers uh, involved. Uh, but I turned to somebody that was helping commentate that match. And I was like, what the hell is this? Because Eastman himself was like roughing the match. Ludicrous. And he just turns to me and he can't say it over the mic, but he mouths the words, I, I don't, I don't effing know. You know, he's like confused. Because like about three or four months before then, Eastman had made a comment, we had a jello match on one of our cards. Well, that was, to bring, that was to bring in the specific crowd that we were pulling for that event. So, you know, it, it, it worked. It pulled. The boys made more. All was good. And a girl did lose her top, but she had pasties on. And it was at a venue that serves, serves alcohol, everything. So, right. you, you know, uh, for him to do it at an all-ages show that, like, was really catered towards family entertainment, I was like, huh. So in the back, he he had said something to me. I forget in passing. And, uh, well, I'll drop these two names. I believe it was William Bob Richardson and Trauma that were in the locker room at the time when I said this to Joey. I turned to Joey, and I'm like, man, don't try to be nice to me. And he's looking at me like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, you all, you know, for like two years now, you've been slamming my company online. You talk crap about me. I come in here. You pat me on the back. You tell me, wow, what a great job. You know, you smashed my show for, and that actually drew well because of a jello match, which helped all the boys make more money and more people stayed around for the main event. You know what right. I mean? And I'm like, and you're knocking that. And like midway through your show, you've got a woman losing her top in front of a bunch of, Six and seven year olds. I, I'm like, I, I just, I'm like, I don't know where you come from, dude. Yeah, you know, I just like, I can't talk to you now. You I just get out of my face. And he, he looked sad, walked away, and and Willie Trumbull looked at each other, and they looked at me, and they were like, holy crap! Apparently, I didn't know you don't talk to Joey Eastman like that in Chicago. Apparently, he knows people. I don't know, but <laughs> I, I, Joey, I, I don't know. Joey Eastman is also responsible for drawing, uh, at least the first one was in 2004, the Totally Tool Wrestling Greatest Show Ever that only drew maybe 100 people. Uh, I remember because workers, workers despised that. A lot of people were mad at anybody who worked that show. Uh, Blackula, which was Bryce Benjamin against Dr. Weird, which was Danny Scott with assistant Steve. Um, Fat Wang, Trick Davis versus Mexican Lawnmower Boy, Tony Rican versus Rowdy Roddy Stripper, Bobby Valentino. Um, worst Wrestler Alive match, Habib the Egyptian Magician, which was Marco Cordova against Wild Sohan, which was Brandon Blaze. Um, Adrian... <laughs> I'm Adrian sorry. Serrano, this guy was Adrian Serrano was great. 
um, against Norman the Mormon, Steve Stone with Aaron. Okay. Bruiser Brady, which was Dinty Moore, now uh, uh, Beer City Bruiser, against the Mormons, mm-hmm. Steve St- uh, against uh, Kit Mala, Jason Dukes, with Twinkie the Kid, Colt Cabana. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, Dan- Devin Daniels. Devin Daniels, which was Danny Daniels, against, um, let me see here. It was against uh, Mark Kayfabe, and then Chris Hero against Trick Davis. The added dudes, Zach Morris, Icarus, and AC Slater, Brandon Tomasilli, with Kelly Kapowski, Amy Zane, who was also part of uh, uh, Machine and uh, uh, Botch's group, the Grave Diggers originally, and uh, 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 the Three Rings with Grand. Did she, did, did she uh, train with them, too? That I think so. class came out great. I mean, Tristan um, Hayes, for a smaller guy, he can hold a world title. That guy is and they took, himself. They took on uh, the new, new rockers, Silas Young, and Dysfunction with Carmine Des- Desperito. Then Uncle Chester, which was um, Eric Priest against Chris Harrow and Colt Cabana. So he had all these people come in to work this show in Round Lake, Illinois, at a place called the Tool Shed, because he's a fucking tool. And... Uh, <laughs> Then he did another one in 05. Um, 05 probably maybe drew a little bit more, but I doubt it. You had uh, Eric Cannon, Bryce Benjamin, um, Ian Rotten, Ed Schumann. I love Ed, but I don't know why he was tied to this. Uh, Mark Kayfabe against Sal Tomasilli. Derek uh, I'm going to be honest. There's a lot of guys that you've mentioned on this that I get along with. So, I mean, it um, happens sometimes, you know. So Derek. Derek St. Holmes versus Dan Lois versus Wiener Man. Uh, Baldo Montoya versus Mike Venom with Jim Jesus. Larry Sweeney, rest in peace, versus Jerry, uh, Jason Rain. Um, Josh Abercrombie and Trick Davis versus Eric Cannon and Bryce Benjamin versus the Staten Island Fairies. There's no listening to who they were. Uh, Merrick Brave versus Sheik Mala. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that. Um, <laughs> Kamala Eliki or Uki. Uh, Tyler Black was on the card. Brandon Sam Silly, Vito Tomasilli, no surprise there. They're all friends. Eddie Kingston. Mm. Um, and then he did one more in 06, and this is where it fizzled. Um, yeah, Dan Lawrence, Gary Havoc, Ryan Boz, Jason Dukes, Silas Young, Dysfunction, Eddie Venom, Truth Martini, uh, Drake Younger, Izzy High. Eric Marks, rest in peace, Bailey Mannix, Steve Stone, Bobby Valentino, Scotty Sharp, which was uh, Jason Dukes, and Shane Storm. Rhino (coughs) defeated N. Schumann and Zach Gauman. Listen to this thing being booked. A three-man battle royal. You have Rhino, Ed Schumann, and Zach Gowan. (laughs) What the? Wait. What kind of weird attraction is that? Three-man battle royal. What? I, I don't even understand. <laughs> uh, Robert Anthony There's versus so Bryce Benjamin. wrong with that? <laughs> Merrick <laughs> oh Grave against Ego, and then uh, Mark Kayfabe against Eric Priest. Eric Priest against Mark Kayfabe. Um, this is a this is a guy with his friends that 
created a podcast that mocked the wrestling business. Um, we had called them out on this program before, which restarted the heat with me and him because they were doing things like the Mike Awesome Challenge and the Sean O'Hare Challenge. For anybody that doesn't know, uh, Mike Awesome, I believe, hung himself. I believe that was the verdict on that. Um, so when you're asking people to take the Mike Awesome Challenge on your podcast, I think you're low life scum. I already thought you were low life yeah. scum in the wrestling business to begin with, but that just proved it. Yeah. POS. And then on top of on top of the problems that I've had and my brothers had with Mr. Eastman, we've gone about them in nauseam on this program. I won't rehash that. But yes, he's a piece of shit. Um, I don't he's know just why. He's annoying to me. That's that's the biggest problem I have. That I don't understand why people anywhere in the Chicago land area give this guy any respect. I mean, I've never seen Eastman do anything where I've been like. Oh my God, that's genius! I could see why they brought him in to help out the show. Right? No, he just kind of walks around with the boys and kind of acts like, "Oh, gee, I'm one of you guys," you know. And I'm like, "What does he actually do?" You know, he comes around and kisses my ass. How is that supposed to make me feel? He badmouths my company, but when I'm wrestling and he's got to work with me, he's just going to kiss my ass. No, I don't like people like that. They can go screw themselves. You, you know, I'm sorry. Just that's the, And then when he does show up to a Wicked show, we have an injury. I'm just trying to get the guy to the hospital. He's getting in the way, trying to panic the guy. Oh, obviously, it's a broken collarbone. Obviously, it was not a broken collarbone. All it was him is, you know, trying to play medical doctor because I've seen it on TV, I swear. You know, <laughs> I just needed him to get the frick out of my way, you know, so I could get the guy out of the hospital. That's all I cared about. Absolutely. You know, so he, he is he is by far the worst definition of smart. You know yeah. what I mean? He is the, the worst piece of smartism that we've had. You might be a smart. All right, this is going to be the intro of my shit list tonight, and it's actually going to combine with one of Finn's previous ones, so here we go. like a couple weeks now we were talking about this new version of wrestling that had an event in danville illinois i have sent some pictures and video to my correspondent co-host uh the good old sin and uh boy boy oh boy did i call it or did i call it um first of all i don't know whose ring this is i'm assuming it's grunges um you're using a low boy ring in a facility that would have no problem accommodating your regular ring and a yeah. hot boy ring. Um, that's, that's the first thing I see. The second thing is I don't see a lot of people. Um, some pictures are better than others, but, um, you know, I, I, I just don't know. This just does not. This, this is Joey Grunge. There was a guy that was a backyarder that wanted to uh, have a company, and evidently they're letting the guy have something to do because I'm going through the pictures now, and there he is with his backyarder company shirt on and in the ring. 
And we're going to let them brawl. This is fucking horrible. This is like, do you remember the night we worked for Big Daddy the first time and he let those two kids open that were horrible? I was like, dude, if you needed somebody to go out and open, you could have thrown me out there and I would have done a better job than those two. Yeah. (laughs) Not the best booking. Hey, man, all I know is you kept me on top for a lot. So, you know, I, 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 uh, I got a strong push. I got big paydays. He was he was easy to work with, and <clears throat> I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I'll say it on this channel. Say it in any interview. When you get right down to it, and you're working in this business, you can have in-ring talent, you can have mic talent, but boy, you better get along with the money, because his financial backers and I got along great, so I always got my payday. You know what I mean? You, you got to make sure you can't piss off who's paying you. Yes, I mean, absolutely. The fans, the, the fans actually are really who's paying us. But I mean, just in general, you know, it's, it's smart business, guys. You know, <laughs> just don't be dicks. Don't be dicks to the people who are backing the companies. There's no need for it. Um, so anyhow, and then. I'm seeing um, maybe from my count, uh, well, there's people hidden over here, but um, I, I don't see this head, head drawing more than maybe 100 people in itself, too. So, you know, we called it as what we saw it. Um, my, my shit list is grunge shouldn't have anything to do with these people, but grunge is the type of person who will take anybody's money and be able to run a show. So, um I, I don't see good things coming of this. I see a lot more bad things coming out of it. Um, I wish I knew how to con people and give me money like Grunge does. I, how man, many events I that does he get on? How many, how many events does he put on that, that he's fronted money? It seems like everything he works with, the money's fronted. I mean, yes. good God. Sad, sad, sad day. Yeah. Um, we're going to play this one now and we're going to come back with our WrestleMania, um, you know, <coughs> review We're we're going to go banana. This is the communicable disease by Einar that was submitted to the Jim Cornette experience, uh, during COVID as well. Here we go. It came from Flair and a girl with lots of pubic hair who gave it to Corny. One night he was too horny. It burns and aches. Let's put on the brakes. Uh-huh. Back in the territory. Wrestlers spread communicable disease. No one wears a mini rubber hat when you're with your favorite rats. Meeting women's good Sharing dust filled brotherhood For a while it all feels great But then it hurts to urinate And on and on it goes It spread to Dusty It made his pipe all rusty Then to Robert and Ricky And that's when it gets tricky It burns and aches Let's put on the brakes They got chlamydia. You'll be ready and willing with a 
dose of penicillin Back in the glory days Guys would have their hedonistic ways Now it's all way too tame Everyone plays video games The only girl they'll see Will be in virtual reality In 85 they would he nature's call Full on with warts and all And on and on It passed through Jim Hurd Wreaked havoc on a free bird Infected the midnights With discharge spoiling their tights It burns, it aches Let's put on the brakes Thank God there was no social media Damn aphrodisia They got chlamydia ready and willing with a dose of penicillin you, you, get, you get to the town, you go in, you make sure they know you're there You see what match you're on, see what you're working Then you go back out of the parking lot Then you come back in, but if you're on late by intermission time, you're probably going back out of the parking lot again. Back when men were men, going viral had different meaning then. When COVID's gone, we can get back on track and bring the old days back. And on and on it, it came from Flair and a girl with lots of pubic hair who gave it to Corny. One night he was too horny. It burns and makes. Let's put on the brakes. Got chlamydia. Thank God there was no social media. Damn aphrodisia. They've got chlamydia. It spread too dusty. It made his pipe all rusty. Then to Robert and Ricky. And that's when it gets tricky. It burns and aches. Let's put on the brakes. All right, and we are back. I hope you wash your hands after that one. Man, I appreciate that. Today's when I had chlamydia. <laughs> Hard times. Hard times. <laughs> yes. All oh, right, man. well, we're going to wrap things up tonight with our WrestleMania review and reviewing oh. AEW from yeah. last night, Wiggly. So, oh, oh, my God. Hold on. Let me get ready. I got I to gotta make some space. I'm about to mark out. As soon as we talk about game one. All right. I'm good. I'm ready. Hit me All with right. It. Night one of WrestleMania. Mania, mania, mania. The Usos. Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso Real defeated ones. Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. I didn't say oh. boobs, baby. I said boobs. Boobs. Uh, this um, was a match that was horrible to watch. Uh, could have been so good. I mean, they just got early into the match. What, a two, three minutes in? Maybe. Uh, I know the overall match only went like seven or eight minutes. So it was uh, pretty yeah. early in. Yeah, it was pretty early in the match. 
when when uh, Boogs obviously was going for a strongman move and was going to have both Usos on his back. And when the second one jumped up, you can just see his right leg just not want to support it. And he collapsed. And when he grabbed that knee, you're thinking quad automatically. And, yeah, they took him off. They didn't say much at the time, but they, they, they bring it up later. Um, um, very unfortunately, Shinsuke, Shinsuke, though, uh, to, to their credit, Shinsuke and Uso still did a good job of finishing up that match. And Shinsuke was seriously worried <laughs> the whole course of the match. At the end of it, he went right to him. I mean, right. So. Um, that comes down to different styles being taught. Let's let's be real here. Shinsuke Nakamura is a Japanese wrestler. Um, this this is something that they would do in Japan. And look, Japan is a much we've we, we've talked about this in nauseum with uh, the old man and and Katie too. J- Japanese style is one of the hardest you will ever work. Um, it's not yeah. meant for everybody. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but it's a respect. Hey, my little Shout out to my little cat. Him and I would. Yeah, him and I would always work strong style. So uh, Milo is still out there. Anywhere listening, everybody knows them. Till Milo Cash sends us hi. <laughs> then you had the um, Drew McIntyre Happy Corbin match. Okay, okay, I'm a little bit shocked here because I really expected this match just to be god awful. <laughs> you know, I didn't. It's good. It, it's, Corbin's not bad in the ring, okay? He just gets bad characters. And Drew, it seems like they just aren't pushing him like they were. Like this feud's been going on way too long. So I didn't expect much, but I would I would say they performed, I mean, I don't know if it would be a WrestleMania caliber match, but uh, at least like a, like a Raw main event quality match. I mean, it was good. Better than average, so I was happy with that. Absolutely. Um, do you want to send out a shout out to Savannah Evans, a former guest of uh, Wrestling Authority Radio, who has just signed her exclusive Impact Wrestling contract? Ooh, congrats! Uh, Impact's great. Uh, it, it seems to me like it'd be a really good company to work for. Um, a lot of freedoms given there so yes we have not talked much about impact but we are keeping an eye on it and of course um you know everything's kind of folding into each other you've got ring of honor aw nwa and then uh impact we know the one that's not a part of that is mlw and mlw is trying to bounce back from uh some of their shortcomings that they've been dealing with um, a lot going on still in the wrestling world. There are a lot of other brands. If you can't get into an AEW or WWE, there are other brands out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, all over the place. You know what I mean? And a lot of good schools go to. A lot of schools that have proven their metal. Uh, look at look at places like Steel Domain. Or, you know, there's been a, a bunch uh, of companies. At this time, it is a recommendation of anybody that asks NRI right now where we would send you for training. You need to get your butt down to the um, Ace of Wrestling Academy that is run with uh, Herb Simmons and Southern Illinois Championship Wrestling. And a good friend of mine and even our, our old buddy Sins here, um, that is the training school run by Cowboy Bob Orton Jr. Oh, 
Well, damn. If you live down south, obviously, yeah. Uh, yeah. I was suggesting more Ace for, uh, you, you know, generalized Chicagoland area. There are, alt, uh, like, actually, it's a pretty good market that you can look around and get trained very well. Just don't take the cheap way out. You'll only no. pay your money and pay your dues. You know, you're going to um, have to. You know, if you're over on the Illinois-Iowa border, obviously, Black and Brave Wrestling Academy, they've been doing it right uh, for a long time. Um, Wisconsin, I don't know what's going on up there. I've been following it from a distance, but I know schools have opened, schools have closed. If you are in Wisconsin and, and think that you are hooking up with somebody legitimate and have any questions, you may contact Cinerai. Um, if you are in Michigan, Truth Martini still the best guy in Michigan to train wrestlers. Other than, and I'm going to give credit where it's due, Eric Freedom, if he's still training. Yeah, if Eric's got a school, uh, Eric knows his, I mean, Eric knows his shit. I mean, he, he worked for WWE, he worked for WCW. Enough said. You know what I mean? Um, Illinois, in the Chicagoland area, um, you've got a couple options. You've got Chicago-style wrestling, or the other one that I'm going to endorse here is the uh, freelance wrestling um, training school that they're doing. Um, those are it. Uh, do not, after you've heard this program, do not go and try to get trained by Robert Ego Anthony. Um, don't try to go get trained by Joey Grunge. Oh, please don't. Please don't. Uh, you know, there are legitimate places out there that are doing it right still to this day. Um, so then it was Finn's favorite match of night one, The Miz and Logan Paul against Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> I, you know what? I didn't mind this match. I, I really didn't. Logan Paul was uh, far more athletic than I expected. And he obviously he obviously took some time to train um, because he did some stuff that you just got to know what you're doing. You, you right. know what I mean? Um, uh, did, did Miz carry most of the match? Yeah. Did we expect that? Yeah. You know what I mean, going in. But uh, I like the outcome of uh, them going over. Uh, I like the outcome of the uh, skull crushing. Um, Although I think this may have backfired. Uh, I think, obviously, what was supposed to happen was Logan Paul was supposed to get over. But if you listen to the crowd... When Miz hits that skull-crushing finale and stands up and looks cocky, the crowd just cheers for him. They were just like, thank you for putting Logan Paul out. You know, they were so, like, the wrong reaction to what I, I really think everybody expected in the company. But uh, still good moment. Still good moment. Great, great WrestleMania moment. Yeah. So, um, good match. Uh, I'm going to give credit where it's due. You know, stepping into the rings when you're not a wrestler is not an easy thing. Some of these people think they can do it. We saw examples of that with Shaq, and I'm not I'm not going to rip on Shaq with his AEW match, but, you know, it's not easy. It's not right. It's not ballet, folks. We've said that uh, time well, and time let's, again. Let's, let's look back in WrestleMania history. I mean, the first real one, Mr. T did some stuff, but, I mean, Lawrence Taylor was really the first dude to have a match against a wrestler. Bam Bam Rest Bigelow. Rest in peace, Bam Bam, Bam Bigelow. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, if you watch that match, and, and, and here's the question. Five minutes in, when, 
I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta have you. I gotta have you time out there for a second. So we put Vader in, right? And I was complaining earlier that the the Hall of Fame seems short. Why the fuck didn't we induct Bam Bam Bigelow? Why? Uh, I I don't know. Is there any kind of problems with his family? And not that I know of. Not that I know of, but. I don't I I don't know that Vader had a particular problem. Or well not right. Vader, uh um um but I I don't know. I mean who just knows? Get, just, who uh, knows what goes on through Vince's head? Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. The match of the <laughs> night, Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch, Raw Women's Championship. Okay, I'm gonna say it. Becky's better than I uh, uh not Becky Lynch, um uh, Bianca. Bianca's better than I thought. I have not seen what people see in her. I, I, I thought her matches were average at best, and she was carried by good veterans. Um, you know, I, I gave myself a million one reasons not to respect this woman. But she went out there, and her and Becky just tore the house down. Um <laughs> Either the best or second best match of the night. Definitely the best women's match of all of WrestleMania. Um, yeah, we'll get into maybe that. Maybe to this point. Maybe to this point. Um, just a great match. Then it was the moment that we were all waiting for, despite the rumors. He did show up. Cody Rhodes defeated Seth freaking Rollins. Okay, one problem. Don't ever reverse superplex somebody and put them in a Falcon Zero. <laughs> that was vicious looking. I was like, oh, oh no, 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 no. It looked it was such a beautiful spot. Don't get me wrong. As a worker, as a worker, it's a worker's spot. You see that you love it. But from a like really like psychology perspective, it doesn't make sense. If I just reverse superplex you why wouldn't I go for the freaking pin? Why, right. why am I taking time to spin you back over and put you in a Falcon's arrow, which is essentially less devastating than a reverse superplex? You, you, you know, I don't get that psychology. But and adding that, a hat on a hat, as Cornette would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a cool move. I'll give him that. It was a good pop. It was a cool move. And I think that's what the fans wanted. Uh, I think uh, when coming in, they wanted see Seth do his best cool stuff and they wanted to see Cody do his best cool stuff and whoever was going to win that match would have had to kill the other guy and that's what happened you know Cody just at the end just started hitting him crossroads crossroads basically destroyed him you know just to get the um, I do want to bring up a point do you think it's a good idea from a booking standpoint to have the oppositions like uh we'll just say him the the brand officer cody rhodes was for AEW against basically the wwe's boy for at least the last seven years the freaking rollins does that bury seth no no not with that performance that's the key uh like uh, let's go back all the way to wrestlemania three uh we had hogan slamming andre it was a big deal but really the match that everybody that was like the love wrestling was talking about with Steamboat Savage. You Correct. know what I mean? 
And they had that WrestleMania match that Steamboat would have gotten the push if not for family things, and we're not going to get into that. But Savage no, no, no. got the push. Savage got the push all the way to the title. You know what I mean? I think you look at something like that from that same perspective, too. You, you know what I mean? You got a bell, right. and then you take them right there. And I, I don't know. I, I, I think it was a good move. I just feel like Seth is so strong of a character that he can push a guy to his ultimate limits to the point where this guy hit him with this finisher. He kicked out. Did it like two or three more times. He was like, you know what? I don't know if this is going to beat him. Picks him up. Does his dad's finisher. And then picks up one more time. It's his finisher. I mean, if 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 Seth, until we Seth would have been more over, is if they would have ran him over with a tank before they pinned him. You know <laughs> what I mean? I, it, it's not a bad loss for Seth to eat because it was a really close match, and then he just kept getting hit with like every good move that Cody could put out of the out of his book. So yeah, I, I think it was fine. I don't think it hurts Seth. And I think it helps Cody a lot. Okay, I just wanted that perspective. Uh, Charlotte Flair against Ronda, this just fell apart. This was just... I go with the match that's not as bad as everybody thinks it is. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm okay with Charlotte going over if it meant Ronda wasn't going to be around anyway. Um, I'm not going to go into the social media side of it that Ronda started now. Um... I'm going to look at the match for the match. The match for the match wasn't horrible. Uh, they tried to tell a story. And they made sense to a point. And it was all good. And I don't... I, I, I don't know. I mean, Charlotte Beater was a big boo. That's I guess it's my biggest problem. I mean, I would have been disappointed in the roll-up, but I think I would have liked it better than the big boot. Right. I, I don't know how to describe that. It was a very disappointing feeling that a big boot beat Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. I mean, at least last time it was the Piper's Pit being reversed by a quote-unquote superior wrestler in that Correct. situation. You know what I mean? But what right. does Charlotte think say? that Ronda can't get kicked in the head too hard. I mean, I, I just don't get it. I mean, she, she ate everything Charlotte had, and then a big boot and she spent. Right. I don't, I don't get the ending. No, the ending was kind of weird. Um, then the main event, because they couldn't end with this, that would have sent the fans home not happy. We got Stone Cold Steve Austin on the KO show, which led into the phenomenal No Holds Barred match. Steve Austin's last match more than likely, and especially in Texas. Yeah. He makes a comment on the KO show to get the crowd rowdy a little bit. Um, when they start gassing him up, you know, that the match might happen. Because right. let's face it, WWE, okay, people argue. This has been an argument that I've heard on the internet a lot lately. Oops. Sorry about that. Yeah. This has been a rumor I've heard for a long time. And uh, it's they didn't build it as a match because Stone Cold didn't know if he wanted to work a match. Um, I don't know if that's true. 
I would prefer to think they just really thought it would be cool to have him in Dallas, Texas, where he started, like, just end his career. You know what I mean? At WrestleMania. And essentially the main event. You know, I don't know. I think it's good the way it would happen. If it was held up because of his doubts, I don't know. Either way, I think it played in their favor. I think this plays out well. I mean, Kevin Owen got so much heat. Yes, it was good. It was good for what it was. And look, there were a lot of people that had doubts about it. Like, are they going to be able to pull this off? But for what it was, it was good. And and we look at it through rose-colored glasses, too. I mean, let's face it, Austin's kicks in the corner were slower and maybe not as good. But right. um, I heard it. I heard it pointed out to me. I always liked him. And then Jim Cornette made a comment, and I went back and watched some of them because Corny mentions they all look like shit anyway. And when you watch it, it's like, yeah, it, it, it looks cool because Austin has a way of making it look cool, like these mannerisms in the kick. But it really, it really does. The, the kicks are kind of crappy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the only something you can pull off. So right. it was cool to see him do it. It was cool to see him try to do it. Yes. And uh, suplex on the the, the, the cement, a crazy, crazy. Yes. Um, younger than he is, and I would not want to do that. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, guess, I guess if they gave me millions and told me to be at WrestleMania, I'd do it. But, right. Um, he doesn't need the money, that's for sure. Um, I'll I, he he just put on a good match. I mean, and let's let's not forget, KO just really had to spend ninety percent of that match getting his ass beat. Well, and, yeah, and I mean, he did. <laughs> right. All right. Night two. RK Bro, Randy Orton, Riddle defeated the Street Profits and Chad Gable and Otis for the Raw Tag Team Championships. Eh, I'm, I love RK Bro. I think I'm about ready for it to end now. Yep. So, yep. Um, so, Bobby um, Lashley almost had a good match with Omos. Uh, he did his best. That's not really on Lashley. Lashley, no, Lashley did a good job. Yeah, Lashley <laughs> carried almost, or almost as we were calling him all night. Um, yeah. This was a match that, that it just fell apart for me. I had to step out. Uh, I don't think I watched a lot of this. Um, the Anything Goes match, Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn, where we saw the resurgence of the hand that Mae Young and Mark Henry gave birth to all that time ago. Uh, yes, uh, it's become me now. So, yes, <laughs> it's where we are in wrestling. We're, we're, we're referring to memes. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, it was a jackass skit. What you want? Sammy uh, went out there, the, the one thing, went the out one... there and made the wrestling part real enough. You know, like, like what are you well, kicking there, those there, guys? You beat the shit out of them. The, let's get into that because that kick that he gave the poor midget, um, the, the 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 little person, whatever you want to refer Wee to man. it as, Wee man. Wee man. Um, that kick, I mean, like literally Jim Cornette said on, on his recent podcast that he literally rewinded that thing like 10 times. And it was one of the most brutal kicks he's ever seen somebody deliver to a non-order. Look at the Huluva kick in the corner when Knoxville is kind of starting to come out and he catches them. 
because Knoxville's not positioned right. So, I mean, fucking Sami Zayn just bops him right in the head. You know what I mean? It's like yes. Sami Zayn's attitude was pretty straightforward. It seemed like, like it really felt like the Jack guys felt like, oh, we can take anything because we do this, this. So Sammy was like, oh, okay, I'm getting free reign to beat the crap out of you guys. And, <laughs> you know, he's like, all I got to do in return is get hit in the nuts a lot. Okay. You know, so Sammy did his job. Sammy did his job. The mousetrap was ridiculously stupid, but it's yes. okay. It's okay. Let's not get excited. Sometimes wrestling has to be goofy. So this uh, is the goofy moment. Title four-way match for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. Banks and Naomi against Carmella and Zelina against Morgan and Ripley against Natalia and Baszler. Okay, too many, too many moving parts. That's what I get from this. Uh, yeah. You can't just book, you can't expect four tag teams to be that good at once in one match with each other. I mean, you can do it with three in a TLC situation or something, but where you're only having two legal wrestlers in the match at any given time, I mean, uh, a, a, a three-way tag is hard enough. A four-way is pretty much impossible because you yeah, only have the one. You only have one good corner. You you have no neutral corner to throw your opponent, and and that's not a knock on women. In the match, that's a knock on the the booking of the match uh, to put them in that situation. Um, I think you had some fine workers. You had Shayna Baszler; she got some good stuff in. She's fantastic. Natalia um, get a little long in the tooth, but fine with Shayna for the night, I guess. Um, the- uh oh, there we go. Yeah. Real, real Ripley and Liv Morgan, I really felt should have won over. Liv's vastly improved in the ring. And Rhea, always oh, should have a belt on her. There's no reason not to. She's, she's a convincing champion. Um, finally got rid of the Carmella angle of stupidity between her and Zelina, thank goodness. Um, so that's good. Um, other than that, what does this match really prove? Uh, that's a good question. We're going to move along. Edge against AJ Styles. This was a, a story in itself. Damn good match. Um, Edge's best entrance in WrestleMania history, question mark? Yes. I think Other so. than the return. Other than the return, we've got to give him that. When he got to return after the neck injury, that was a pretty damn big deal. No, I'm saying WrestleMania, though. Because he's come out to live bands, like Alter Bridge and stuff. No, no, no. What I meant was when he returned from the neck injury. I thought that was that mania. I could be wrong. Oh, I'm sorry. I was thinking about – I thought you were uh, talking about the recent return. No. From the injury. Oh, okay. You're talking about previous. Right, right. The the one that led him to return to come back to the company all all that time ago, not that long ago, but within the last five years, yes. Um, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, I know what you're uh, saying. Um, but, but in general, uh, you got two really good guys just working. When you boil it right was, down it was, to it, 
I mean, that's what the match was, right? Yes, it, well, that was a wrestling match on WrestleMania. We got one of those. Yeah, I mean, you said two really good guys working, and then they worked their butts off. They want to steal Mania like everybody does, and they were on night two. And let's face it, I, I looking back on it, I think night one was more stacked than night two. Um, yes, we'll get into that. And we're, with that, we're going to move on to the next match. The New Day must have done something to piss somebody off. Sheamus and Ridge Holland with Butch uh, against the New Day ended in one minute, 40 seconds. This was sad. If you don't have time for it on WrestleMania, don't put them on WrestleMania. Let them show off their costumes and get beat in two minutes. It makes no sense. Uh, With the whole Big E thing, it makes no sense. Absolutely. The, then the thing that really didn't make sense, Pat McAfee, Austin Theory with Mr. McMahon. Okay, okay, okay. First off, Austin Theory is an amazing guy, former indie worker. Grats to him. Uh, secondly, Pat McAfee was tra- trained to be a pro wrestler long before the WWE signed him. So, okay. So, Pat doesn't take this as a joke. No. Um, as a matter of fact, on his talk show the next day, he mentioned how bad he felt when he showed up to WrestleMania. He was just wearing that black stuff to wear to the right. Ring. And he said uh, the lady that works for him like added the sparkle pieces and some of the other stuff. He's like, was Mel right? Was, like, was Mel right? Were those LEDs? I don't think so, but he was talking about how like she had to attach him a certain way, and gotcha. you know he just brought up he just brought up like he he realized when he started seeing like guys coming in and showing off their gear for that night that like oh my god I underestimated this right he, you know so he talked about that but uh, he also talked about it how seriously like like he kind of tried to protect him as this. Talk about how he was able to edge out Austin Theory, even though he's a good young man. He's just misguided now. You know, and he's on his talk show to, like, regular sports fans all over the world talking like this. Find that awesome. And, uh, you know, and then he mentions, yeah, I didn't expect McMahon to do that to him. And, you, you know, <laughs> just really good stuff. You know, he stayed true to the business the next day. When he was on air. Love that. Right. Love that. Uh, Vince probably shouldn't be in the ring again. Hopefully he never will be again. But if you're going to do it, do it in Texas. Let Stone Cold give him one last stunner. It looked horrible. Did that make it even better? Maybe. Because we're how bad the first stunner looked. We've all watched that a million times. So yeah, maybe that's what Gornet next- said. The first stunner and the last stunner he took were the worst ones he ever took. And and that they'll be the most watched. <laughs> that's, what, that's what everybody will see. Vince McMahon looking like a flopping fish, not knowing how to bump. But yes. it's okay. It's okay. It was a good way for it to end. And I, I, just, I mean, even to bring, oh, man, just, he gave everybody a shine. You know what I mean? Right. He gave Theory some shine. He gave everybody a little chance to shine. You know, that was cool. And then but our main event. 
Uh, our main event for Mania, Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman versus Brock Lesnar. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I got no problem with the match. Um, could the match live up? Uh, if we were going to give the best match on the, both nights a five-star, I mean, is it going to be the five-star? No, it's probably going to be maybe four or three and a half. But, right. I mean, that's not their fault. They each played to their strengths. They each told the story. They did what they could. But they're big guys. And and Brock's not as young as he used to be. You know, nope. m- maybe Roman could go a little more with somebody. I'm not going to say in better shape than Brock. It's Brock. It's maybe right. somebody a little younger. You know what I mean? Um but, you know, that, that, that leaves a great build. I mean, how long does Roman Reigns hold these titles? You know, and what, what Roman did, was legitimately injured in that match. Um, it, yeah, I believe it was an arm, right? It, arm. arm or shoulder, yes. Uh, the, the, the speculation is that uh, Brock laid in the Kimura too rough and popped his shoulder. You know, uh, I believe we're watching that together, and I made a comment to you about that. Yep. Did I not? I was like, yep. I was like, you realize if he cinches that in, you know, he's going to destroy his shoulder and elbow, and when, and then when it showed the replay, we were looking at it going, damn, that looks really snug. So yeah, I would not be surprised. I, and I even mentioned to you, he hurt somebody else doing that move, didn't he? Right. Did not Shawn Michaels, for right. real. I mean, I don't think that was a. Angle, I think in real life, I think he hurt him with it. So, you know, uh, that is what it is. I mean, I guess if you're going to be at WrestleMania and you're going to let a guy like Brock hook a Kimura, you're going to get what you're going to get out of it, right? Absolutely. (laughs) All right, we're going to take our last two-minute, 30-second song break, and we're going to return with our quick AEW Dynamite recap and close-up shop for tonight. You are continuing to listen to Rampage Rants, Thursday Night Turmoil on the Evolution Radio Network, live and exclusively live on Blog Talk Radio. We will be right back.
want to be a professional wrestler, but are tired of waiting to hit the ropes? You feel like you're ready to wrestle in the main event just by watching an episode of SmackDown? Well, come to the Kaj Hills Wrestling Alliance, where no experience is necessary. Step in our ring and spend as much or as little time as you want. Get yourself ready, and we'll book you in all our events. Only you know best when you're prepared to conquer the world. Don't spend months and years slaving under arrogant prima donna veterans who have you pay to put up and take down the ring. Join the CHWA and you'll be wrestling front millions when we broadcast your matches live online. CHWA, where training is optional because we share your desire to live your fantasy right now. Call us today. Ah, yes, the good old CHWA that is still in business. Unfortunately, more yard or trash. Um, I have sent a message to Sin. There might be something special that we are going to be doing here on this program on the 21st of this month. Going to be working on some details with that. Um, this is our AEW Dynamite review from last night. Okay. Adam, C- Adam Cage. Adam Cole versus Christian Cage. Can't trip it over my words here. Okay. Fabulous opening. Okay. Raw and SmackDown writers, please. I don't know what kind of Vince McMahon thing is going on here. Why every show has to start with somebody talking. Okay. Just do this. Like, like AEW, this is one thing they get right. But I'm going to say, there's things they get right and they get wrong. This is getting it right. Give us a good banging match out the gates. Uh, WCW, they weren't just winning the ratings because of Hogan and Goldberg. And right. You know, they also had a great undercard. That first hour you watched Nitro, you were watching Cruiserweights, and they were great. You know, yeah. and this is what it felt like. It felt like, damn, I'm, I'm starting to watch wrestling. Right away, they just give me a great match. And they followed up with another great match. Uh, Max Caster, who I am not a fan of, but his rap last night against Joe, that oh was Oh, my God, that was beautiful. Oh, my God, that was beautiful. Yeah. Um, shame for that kid that his rap ended up getting his ass getting handed to him by the Samoan <laughs> submission machine, Samoa Joe. Who okay, picked up the pinfall, uh, pinfall uh, with the muscle buster. That, that's where I was going. Where do you stand on the muscle buster? Should it be used or no? I say yes, as long as the people that are taking it uh, know what they're doing. And I'm not saying that Tyson uh, kid didn't know what he was doing, but maybe that's a role where the agents need to slow somebody like Joe down, who at that point was gaining a lot of momentum during the Tyson kid injury, and say, you need to slow down. Let's not do that tonight. Find something else. Because that injury could have been avoided. I agree with that. However, um, Joe was using the muscle buster back in TNA. Let that, yeah, like, that's I, how long it's it's been well, being wasn't used. Wasn't he using it? Wasn't he using it Ring of Honor even? Yes. So, so this so comes down to back TNA. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, he's been using this move uh, what decades? It's got to be now over a decade, right? Right. So, so um, he dropped the guy a little bit wrong once. I saw the footage. I've seen Joe drop guys like that before. I've never seen an injury. It's weird that he broke his neck in a way that, like, 99% chance, you know, he's not walking. Right. You know? 
and so so that's just a miracle for Tyson Kidd, and God bless that. Right. But, uh, I just, you know, I, I guess I feel okay with the muscle buster. I mean, like, yeah, I guess, you know, again, if I'm one of these guys and I'm getting paid a couple grand a match or whatever they're making, would I let Joe muscle bust me? Yeah, uh, I'm sure I would. I wouldn't have had a problem with it. So um, yeah. we are we are avoiding most of the uh, backstage brouhaha with all of this. Um, I do not like the name of the uh, that new thing that they're doing with William Regal, the Blackpool Combat. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, I, 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 I don't I don't get it. Um, Captain Sean Dean against Sean Spears. Uh, Sean Spears is Finn's least favorite wrestler. <laughs> no, don't say that. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, the perfect ten was all right, okay. And I'm not saying a new gimmick's bad either, okay. And I'm not saying the guy's even a bad wrestler. I'm just saying they can get some worse booking in the world. This guy can't get booked right for anything. But and then we anyway, go. go then ahead. we go. We go to the segment that they went to, cut from, and we don't know why, Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti. I, I would have liked to see that. Um, that yeah. would have been better than what came up next with Eddie Kingston, Ortiz, and Santana. Mm-hmm. Um, then we had the, the uh, Chris Jericho and all of that. Oh, good God. Then we saw Jade Cargill. <laughs> okay. Thank God we went over that part so quick. All right. Um, That's part of the stuff they're doing wrong. Then we had the match that Benito or uh, Finn absolutely hated last night, and it wasn't because the Hardys were in it. The Butcher and the Blade against the Hardys in a tables match, or at least that's what it was advertised as. It turned into much more than that. Okay. I don't know how Jr. can like. Like, not want to vomit while he's watching this, honestly. Because I have so much respect for the man. And I know calling this absolute garbage has to be killing him inside. I love the Hardy Boys. Um, I, uh, I know the Young Bucks referred to by some as the Hardly Boys. Because, yes. you know, they're hardly as good as the Hardy Boys. No, that's uh, Jim Cornette actually used that line because they're hardly boys in Jim Cornette's book. Oh, maybe okay. boys of the wrestling business, maybe boys in general. I don't know, but it fits. Okay. Um. Uh, yeah, I, you know, if somebody would just spell the psychology of a match better for uh, for those guys, the Young Bucks, they'd be much better for it. But uh, the Hardys know what they're doing in this kind of match, but. I mean, I just, I guess from the Hardys, I would be like, so let me get this straight. We got to put each guy through a table. So, like, at some point, three of us can go through a table before the match ends. Oh, okay. Is there a build to this kind of match? This no. He's awful violent. This no. just came out of it's, nowhere. Out of left yeah. field. Yeah. It's, okay. So, this is going to happen. Okay. Okay, and I'm thinking about this from their age, because I'm I'm like Matt and Jeff's age, you know. I'm right kind of in between the two. So, you know, I'm just like, wow, guys, you're really going to let this happen to yourself. 
Well, not only that, you know what I mean? we, we, talked about, we talked about this last night. Why were there no rules of this match explained before it went, went on? Nobody oh, knew oh, what yeah, the hell was yeah. happening. Yeah. Um, apparently, the rules for a tables match in AEW are, are totally new to me. And I've been watching wrestling since like 1978, 79, since the late 70s. I was a little boy on my grandma's lap watching wrestling. I, right. I never seen no version of a tables match where both members of the team got to get put through the table. But even if one of the members get through, they can still help the other member put somebody through because they're not eliminated. It just means they've been put through a table. I, the, the rule set makes no sense. That's why they wouldn't explain it before the match. That's why they just let the match start happening and explain around it. Because it's ludicrous. There's no reason. As Jim Cornette would say, lazy booking. Yeah, it's not good. Um, I don't think Honestly, I don't even see how this makes either team look good. I mean... I have to agree with you. We, we, we were watching it last night and it was a car crash and I'm like, what... For those that don't know, Sin trained me, so I can go to him with these kind of questions. Like, what what is going on? Yeah, yeah. What am, I'm alcohol spade spade. Now. Like I said, boy, mad respect for the Hardy Boys what they've done in their career. But really, you're on like, you know, you're like not on even a major network like Fox, Jeff, like you were a few months ago, and you're doing spots that are way more dangerous on a way more regular basis. Let me what let me pose this, Let me pose this question and we'll go to our final two matches as AEW Dynamite. Do you think that Tony Khan is rushing things with the Hardy Boys to the point where by the time this pay-per-view rolls around Memorial Day weekend they're not going to have any <laughs> momentum left? Uh I think he's already used them too much. I I have to agree with you. I just wanted your input. Uh, I I would have to agree. Hello? Insane crap. Can you hear me? Right. Yeah. He's already had him do such insane crap that anything short of jumping off big balconies or, or, you know, something like almost ECW scary dangerous. Right. They're going to pop him. You know, I, 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 I just mean. What, Jeff jumped off that huge ledge like the first thing in the company. Right. You know? But I, and, yeah, we all saw that it was, like, horribly, like, packaged garbage under there to protect right. their fall. But, right. man, really? I think they are killing the Hardys. I think <laughs> they are killing the momentum of the Hardys way too fast. They should have made periodic appearances up until the pay-per-view build to that pay-per-view match. And that was, you, you could have built from there because after then, their next pay-per-view is not for a while. So, um, oh, oh I, yes, yes. Uh, we watched that match together, and I want to point something else out that, that, that uh, was brought up. Um, that was booked as a tables match, right? Correct. And then they got a ladder out. And we're like, uh, or no, a chair, a chair. We were like, uh, wait, chairs are illegal? I thought it was a tables match. And he starts saying, them. we're like, okay. And then he gets a ladder. And we're like, wait a minute, I thought it was a tables match. So, like, 
Is that just like them being like, we can't call it TLC? I, I don't get it. Is that like copyrighted? Can they not say that? That is a copyright because he remember he named one of the pay-per-views that for a while. So that is an actual WWE trademark. Yes. So can't they come up with something better than a tables match? Oh, by the way, it's tables match. That means like you can bring in what all kinds of weapons. Well, uh, that, that I mean that just means anything goes. I mean this is this is the lazy booking. I, look, Tony Khan is a smart man in some aspects and a fucking moron in the others because. This is lately booking one in one oh one. Yeah, I just why 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 do you have these guys on uh AEW Dark and these guys you know uh doing early match stuff and their their stuff so much higher quality than what's being produced in the main event. I, I just don't I don't understand the booking. I don't understand the concepts. Some of it makes perfect sense. Two exits, heel face, beautiful. Yeah, you know what I mean. And right. other stuff, other stuff is just like why? Like, okay, who's this? Uh, the one going after MGF, uh, Marlow or Wardlow? Wardlow, Wardlow. I've been watching for a month now. All I know is that Wardlow really hates him, and he used to work for him or something. Right and and he's a big dude and he likes throwing security guards around, but I've not actually seen him do anything in the ring. His so in ring work how to feel about him yet. His in ring work isn't bad. Do not give the boy a microphone. He's rough around the edges, but they've got something there. I'll give him I'll give him credit where it's due. They've oh, got yeah. something there. I was just wondering because the crowd seems send, to love this dude. Send him if you want a guy the quality of work of Pat McAfee. Send Wardlow down to Rip Rogers to work with him for a bit because that's who trained Pat McAfee. Rip Rogers. Yeah. 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 That's why I was saying Pat McAfee didn't just like like get star treatment when he trained. He he worked his ass off. Uh the other one that was down there, um oh shit. Austin Idol was down there with that. Mm. So um because he's got a school too now. So I mean those are kind of elements that, you know, those, those people, look, those people are as old school as the Bill Dundee or Dutch Mantel. Dutch Mantel will tell you the way it is. I mean, if I was going to go to any school, I guess if I, if I was to tell a kid, and he's like, hey, I got a plane ticket, I'm willing to try to make a living anywhere, I'd probably tell him to go get trained by the Delby boys. Uh, their school closed, unfortunately, from what, what no. I said. Really? Um, uh, so, well, because remember, Dudley, uh, Devon can't wrestle again. There's something going oh. on with Devon. He, he can never wrestle again. Um, I don't know if Bubba Ray's still, uh, you know, bully, whatever he likes to be called, is still training. But, um, yes, that would have been one of my first choices. Obviously, if you can get your hands in the Samoans, um, go train there. Uh, they're still oh, training. Well, Those... yeah, that, oh, boy, that's, that's, yeah, that's hard to pull off. Um, <laughs> you know. There's there's Rip Rogers, uh, Mr. Hughes is still training people that I know of. Um, yeah. There 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 are good people out there to do it. Do not. Yeah. Uh, I mean, look. I, do I, some I'm, research, I'm a, guys. I'll put it this way: do some research. Look up where like some of your favorite WWE stars trained. Look up some of those names. See if those schools are still around. 
And then, of course, the one we will always endorse here is the Monster Factory. We have had many conversations with Danny Cage, who took over the Monster Factory from Larry Sharp. Uh, you want to go get trained? You want to do this the right way? Go see Danny Cage. That's yeah. as simple as that. Really that easy. Um, there's lineage there. Hikaru Shida against Julia Hart. God, this was such a long night. <laughs> it was. Um, we um, see Julia Hart turning heel. It's it's a matter of time. Yes. Yes, we do. And she still loses. Oh, no, she wins. Take that back. She does win. No, Put she lost. Uh, her car, her Shida, uh picked up the win with the Falcon Arrow. And remember, before oh, this was, right. the table, yeah, was the, Falcon was the tables Arrow match. Arrow. And Hikaru Shida, I had to let Finn know because Hikaru Shida pulled out a chair. And I'm like, please don't tell me this. And then I remembered she does the Sabu spot with the chair on the outside. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I was wondering. I was like, wait a minute. Are we getting more, like, I'm like, don't get me wrong. When I was young and I I was really into wrestling and I didn't mind taking a beating. And I was working the indie circuit. There was me me and every guy in that locker room that sold our souls to be on the ECW roster. But the sin that I have become looks at it and goes, that's just, you don't give that away. It's too, you know. So, yeah, when I saw her go for a chair, I was a little upset. Then she didn't really use it in any kind of, like, actual physical attack fashion. So right. It was fine. And then the main event, this is what everybody wanted to see. And thank God this didn't end in a bad way. We had FTR versus the Young Bucks for the AAA and Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships. Okay, I'm I haven't let... seen a lot of Young Bucks matches, but it's probably the best one I've ever seen them work. Uh, yes, and you had a comment last night on exactly what you thought of them. Why don't you go ahead and repeat that for our, our listeners? Oh, gosh. Uh, what, what, I, I said a lot during that match. Spot Monkey. <laughs> Oh, Spot Monkeys, yes. Uh, as, as as you watch the back match progress, um, early on, FTR staying in control, and uh, it's a very well-thought-out, like, good-paced match. It's about to tell this great story. It's building, and then it's time for the Bucks to get their shine. And they get their shine, and it becomes a spot fest. And I'm just like, I can fuse. I just I, I look at uh, sadistic uh, Sean here, and I'm just like spot monkeys. That's that's the only word I can say. I'm like that's all they're doing, one spot after another. Well, it goes it, back to what we sad. were saying about. Uh, it goes back to what we were saying about Brian Cage earlier. Uh, get my shit in. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's insane. Uh, <laughs> The attitude or, or the, the, the lack of respect in general for the business is pretty sad at that state. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I just, wow. I, I don't know what to say about it. It, it, was, it was a mess. It, I, I would have to agree with you. And that was AEW for last night. Let's get the AEW Rampage preview for tomorrow night on... Uh, what one is that? I guess that's the one still on uh, TNT. TBS. Oh, TNT. Oh, that was a, yeah, the yeah, new one's on TBS. 
No, the, 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 what they did is they moved the old, the new one to the old network and moved Dynamite to TBS. Okay, so Dynamite, which is tonight, is TBS. Uh, which was last night is uh, TBS, and then tomorrow night on Rampage will be uh, Friday night Rampage will be on TNT. Oh, good God! <laughs> <laughs> I, I officially hate Turner Broadcasting. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, well, we got to get the best of both worlds, let me tell you. Yeah, yeah. All right, <laughs> let me see if I can pull this up. Um, Fuego Del Sol partners with Evil Uno and Stu Grayson from the Dark Order to take on the House of Black. No, wait, that okay. was last week. Why, are, why is it giving me that? I don't know. So, that's so dumb. Uh, preview... Oh. And you you, curiosity was that like a faction versus a faction? Yes. Yes, I've noticed this company is very faction heavy. You know, you got to be part of the group to get somewhere. It's it's kind of dumb. It is. I mean, it really is. Um, Preview. What is tomorrow? April eighth. There we go. I'm not gonna give. I'm not going to give the spoilers, but the match card, uh, Swerve Strickland against QT Marshall. We got Willow Nightingale versus Red Velvet. Trent yeah, Beretta. Red Velvet. Trent Beretta versus Brian Danielson. Oh, okay. We guess we know what's going over with that one. And then the <laughs> match that uh, a lot of people, there are spoilers out on this on the interwebs. Um, the match that everybody's saying you have to see is Wheeler Yuta versus John Moxley. We will be the judges of that because, as uh, no, some people, no, the kid. Really quick, is Yuta the kid with the uh, black tights that has the neon crap on it? I'm not sure, but he's the one that uh, is one of the Ring of Honor champions now. He was in, at the Ring of Honor pay per view. Wheeler Yuta, the first time Jim Cornette. So okay. The first time Jim Cornette heard that name, he says, well, you better clean it up if you do. <laughs> <laughs> yep. This sounds like a cornyism. Um, this is going to be the thing. We will be the judges of this Wheeler Yuta match because we are people that really know wrestling. That's what sets us apart from any other podcast. If you were to add the combined experience of myself, Sin, and the late Steve Kane, you'd have almost 90, experience, 90 years of professional wrestling experience on this podcast. Um, Katie has never really broke into the business. She's an avid fan. We love her. Um, but, yes, we really know wrestling. We know what we're talking about. Are our opinions always right? No, because they're like assholes. Everybody has them. But at the end of the day, if you want to listen to a podcast where you're going to learn something and you're going to hear an opinion outside of the box, listen to this. Rampage Rants, Thursday Night Turmoil. Each and every Thursday night right here on the Evolution Radio Network, live and exclusively live on Blog Talk Radio. Want to remind everyone. Yes, you may. Can I say something? Straight up, people. We don't bullshit. There you go. That's your catchphrase. We don't bullshit. Um, Want to remind everyone, sign up is now open for the return of the Open Invitational Promoters Roundtable Thursday night, May 19th, Wrestling Authority Radio, live right here on the Evolution Radio Network. Um, must be signed up for that. I will take very few callers that do not call in and reserve their spots um, prior to that evening. So that's your fair warning on that. Would like to thank my co-host, Sin. 
We want to send our well wishes to Chaotic Katie, who will hopefully be with us next week. And we will be right back here next Thursday night reviewing all of the wrestling and, and, and so much more. Uh, Sin, you got anything else you want to close with tonight? Uh, not much. Uh, just a uh, so shout out to you to the beginning of the show. Congrats on 20 years. And uh, I'm going to try to make it out to that show later this week. But we got to see. Sometimes Sin gets busy. So. Uh, that life. show is not till April 24th. Uh, there is another show yeah, going on this week. Month. Yeah. Um, uh, that is I'm going on this, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. There's another show going on this weekend that we're not going to talk about. We'll probably talk about that next week because that's going to be a disaster waiting to happen. If you know what I'm talking about, then you know. Um, I want to close with this because we we have lost this member, um, and this was a very special moment for our chaotic Katie. This was uh, uh, not our one year anniversary, but shortly thereafter. Her and a road warrior animal. This is going to close us out tonight, folks. I'd like to thank you for listening. Sin, stick around until this clip ends, and we will be out of here. Sounds good. All right. Well, we're not going to we're not going to waste it. We're not going to waste any time. I'm going to pop the music in right now. Okay. So that we can give him his proper welcome as soon as my thing works. There we go. Black Sabbath, but me and Ozzy Osbourne have the same birthday of December of December third. I've got Ozzy's spirit oh, with me that's all the time. Man. You know, <laughs> I, you know, that's a good day. Actually, my son James, who played seven years in the NFL, that's his birthday as well. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Prince of Darkness, right on. <laughs> well, anyway, this is not the Ozzy Osbourne show. It's not the Ozzy Osbourne show. Maybe another time. <laughs> Welcome, animal. Yeah, right now is hey, right now is the Road Warrior Animal Hour. So, 
Oh, pretty much, pretty much. Yep. But I must add, my boys, uh, did they leave me? No, they didn't leave me. Check. My boys are, one's in the green room and one's with me. Last time I talked to you, it seems I was talking out of my asshole. Okay? <laughs> and yes, yes, sir, yes, I'm admitting it. And you told me to go sit in the corner and look pretty and let the adults talk. <laughs> did I really? <laughs> yes, you did. You, you, must, yes. you must have been it must have been a bad day, and believe me, you talk about your asshole is probably a little butthole. So we have to worry about it, okay? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if I did that, I, I, I said that in the most respectful loving manner. Loving way? Oh, you're so full of the shit. The most loving way. <laughs> yeah, the most loving way of telling somebody to talk out their asshole. If there is a loving way. <laughs> oh, that's nothing. Bill Demont, um. Mr. Hugh Morris, um, somebody gave me some false information. Now, you're going to laugh at me, and I hope you do because you're allowed. They gave me false information and told me that Goldberg used to be an OBGYN and um, do gynecological exams and deliver babies. <laughs> Bill DeMott laughed at me. Yeah. Bill DeMott said, with those sausage fingers, and laughed at me for 45 seconds. Yeah, you, so, didn't, uh, you didn't actually believe that, did you? <laughs> My husband told me just so I'd get in trouble. <laughs> oh, my God. It's almost grounds oh. for divorce saying that, that Goldberg that did that. I mean, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> but anyways, uh, my boys would probably like to uh, talk with you as well. Um, it seems there is somebody in the green room. They bloody well better yeah, than man. And that was uh, Katie with Legendary Road Warrior Animal. Uh, that's going to do it for us tonight. I'd like to thank each and every one of you for joining us for Rampage Rants Thursday Night Turmoil here on the Evolution Radio Network, live and exclusively live, as always, on Blog Talk Radio. I am Sadistic Sean David, along with my co-host. The Sinister of Styles, yeah. <laughs> We will see you next week. Good night, everybody. Have a safe weekend. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.